Hi, I'm Danica Patrick and proud aunt. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. One in six. That little girl sitting alone at the playground, she can't play like the other kids. She doesn't have the energy because she's hungry. School lunch will be her only meal today. It breaks my heart that this is the reality in our country, but it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. This food is then provided to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about using your imagination, learning, and having fun. These children shouldn't have to miss out on simply being a kid because they're hungry. To find out how you can help end childhood hunger in your community, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome into the Sports Insanity Podcast. Let's go completely insane, peeps! Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Welcome into Game 12, bottom of the second inning of the Sports Insanity Podcast on the Sports Insanity Network. I'm Mike Griffin, joined by Dan Rines. Dan, how we doing? All good, Mike. I am doing great. Chilling out Friday, watching sports. It's great. Friday night, watching sports. It's Friday the 13th also, so... There We're might up. be some spooky stuff that happens on this show, but if you're listening to it, it's not going to be that spooky. Yeah, no, um, no. We're going to go over wild card weekend in the NFL. We'll talk Carlos Correa to the Twins and some history being made in San Antonio. But we start with wild card weekend in the NFL. Actually, let me rephrase that. It's super wild card weekend in the NFL. We have two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, and a game on Monday night. So all the <clears throat> and all of these games are rematches of games that happened earlier in the season. So we got a couple of divisional matchups. Some rematches of some great games. Uh, Dan, for you, what's the game you're looking forward to the most? I'm looking forward to the Vikings-Giants. And Mm -hmm. first of all, I don't think the Giants are going to win. I think the Vikings are going to win. But I'm looking forward to that because I don't know if it's the New York in me. You know, I want to see New York do well. But I have a good feeling that – with the way Brian Dable has coached his team into not giving up and playing to the last down and all that stuff. I mean, and this Giants team is, it's not that good. You know, let's be real. I I don't care if they made the playoffs or anything. The Giants team is still not that good, but I like the way they're coaching this team. I like the way that, that, that this Giants team believes that they could beat a team like Minnesota. 
So I am looking forward to see them come out and play hard. And I think they will play very hard. But mostly, Kirk Cousins is going to kick some playoff ass again. And I expect him to do that as well. So I'm really looking forward to what I believe is a back-and-forth battle um, against teams that play each other on Christmas Eve. And it's going to be a really good one. I can really – I'm really excited about it. I'm excited for that one, too. I think there's a lot of pressure on Minnesota, and the Giants are playing with house money. So that's the one you're going to see a lot of people look at as an upset. Um, I, I'd love to say I'm looking forward to the Bills Dolphins. I'm not, just because I, I have a bad fee- a bad feeling in my stomach on that one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Chargers and the Jags, because I, I, I think that's a game – Two young stud quarterbacks with Herbert and Lawrence. Two teams with, with I, I think, different expectations. I think the Chargers, everyone expected to be here. The Jags are on a roll, playing really well right now. We're able to come back in the South, AFC South and win it. So, so I'm looking forward to that. And, and also, for me on the Chargers, I know the Mike Williams announcement earlier today, he's going to miss maybe the next two to three weeks with a back injury or fractured back. But I think the Chargers are that team in the AFC that can have a Bengal-like run from last year. They are that team. I think they are uber-talented. This is Herbert's moment to say, you know what? I'm just as good as Burrow, Mahomes, Allen. I'm on that level. And he could take them there if he can go get to the Super Bowl. So I think there's a lot of pressure on the Chargers. So I'm looking forward to that one. And I'm also looking forward to Cowboys box. Mainly because someone I don't care for is going home, whether that's Tom Brady or it's the Dallas Cowboys. Either way, I win. <laughs> Sorry, old ops guy. I think Dallas in that game, it's not going to be as easy because of, I just believe Tom Brady in the playoffs becomes something else, even as he's getting older. So, And I don't trust this Cowboys team very much in the playoffs. I don't know if it's a cowboy curse that has been the case since Bill Parcells or whatever, but I just don't trust the Cowboys right now. That doesn't mean they're going to lose this game. I just don't trust that they're going to win it handily like a lot of people are expecting. Um, Let's see how they do, obviously. And you don't underestimate Tom Brady. And people, look, I wouldn't underestimate Dak, too, but, you know, people got to chill out a little bit because he, he hasn't really proven anything. I'll say this on Dak. He, this is the game where he, he can't turn the ball over. No. Because Tom Brady in the short field, he's going to make you pay. This Bucks defense is opportunistic. This is a game where – I think all of the pressure is on Dak and the Cowboys because they haven't won a playoff game, you know, in a couple of years. They're the team who's – I know they're on the road because they're a wild card team, but they're better than the Bucs. 
Straight up, they are better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If they don't win this game, I wonder what the future holds for Mike McCarthy, and I wonder what the future holds for Dak. I really do. So I'm well, intrigued I, I, by that one. I'm hmm. sure Dak stays. Mike McCarthy's a tough one because he hasn't really proven anything since he won the Super Bowl. And while, yes, he's made it to a couple divisional rounds and has had the number one seed with the Packers since then. But, you know, at times he's made some really difficult coaching decisions that affects the team. So is it a mandate to at least get to the championship game? Yeah. I mean, if he, if, if Jerry wants to win, if, if McCarthy is going to do another one and done or, you know, divisional round or done, like that's not good enough. It's not. So eventually the mandate's got to be there. And the Cowboys are a good enough team to get to at least a divisional round. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. You brought up mandate. So I'm going to flip the script here for a second. We didn't really go over this, but you're a Jet fan. Yes. For the, those who don't know, Woody Johnson said yesterday, there is no playoff mandate for next year. Where are you on that? There is an absolutely a playoff mandate next year. What people have to understand is Woody Johnson doesn't care whether the Jets win or not. He's collecting his dollars. Collecting his dollars with the ticket sales and the PSLs and all the nice luxury stuff that goes on that life day and the parking tickets and all that stuff. And of course the, all the revenue coming from TV. Um, So he's collecting the money. He doesn't care whether the jets win and he's going to pretend that he does because he holds press conferences and he talks to jets fans. So He'll, he'll act like he's your boy, but he's not. Because literally for the last 12 years, the Jets have not made the playoffs, and the talent has been mediocre at best. There's only been two seasons where the Jets looked like an actual playoff team. I know that span. 2011, which they ended the season miserably, three-game losing streak, and 2015. Those are the only two seasons where the Jets actually look like true competitive playoff teams. And every other season, they were mediocre at best. So who do you think they should go get as the quarterback? And then we can flip the script. Well, the, uh, the yeah. word Mandy just got into I'm my a, head. And I'm I remember a Derek Carr that. guy. Through okay. Reason being, he's stable. He's good. And a change of scenery might help him out a little bit. The, the numbers may not be there for Carr, but I truly believe there's more um, big-time football left in him, big-time quarterback play left in him. And I think the Jets could do that. Now, the, the obviously, the now the question becomes who's going to be running the offense on the coaching side because Mike LaFleur – they keep saying the stupid-ass words parted ways. And I'm sick and tired – of these stupid, donkey, dumbass words. Just say that he was fired. He was fired. You fired him. And you know what? 
it's okay to say he was bad and we had to let him go. Now, enough of this. He had other opportunities that the teams were calling. No, no. Fired because he was bad. In any case, well, we all know who's going to be running this offense because it's got to be something that Carr's familiar, not necessarily familiar with, but definitely something that Carr can grasp early and understand and, you know, run the team um, and stuff. So that's going to be a bit of a challenge, but I would still pick Carr. He's stable. He got good quarterback play left. He's the only player that I can trust. I don't trust Lamar. He's a diva and he gets hurt. I don't trust Garoppolo. He gets hurt. He misses half the season. So then that leaves Baker Mayfield and Derek Carr. I trust those two the most. While Baker is showing putting up the greatest numbers, and believe me, he has not put up any great numbers of late. I still trust him over Garoppolo and Lamar because I think he brings a bit more stability than those two. And he's always that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So you mentioned Lamar. He's not going to play on Sunday night against the Bengals. Um, He still says there's some inflammation in his knee. Uh, So he's not going to play. Then that's going to lead into a whole offseason of questions. The the Ravens aren't giving him that that much money. The money that he wants. I think they're going to, I think they franchise him and then they go from there. Well, they franchise. That, that's him. where he's I am like on the Ravens. So he's not Lamar's not Lamar's not playing Sunday. Tua Tagovailo is not playing Sunday for the Dolphins. So, how do you feel about that? So yeah, Wildcard Weekend starts on Saturday. You got the Seahawks, Niners, and then the Chargers, Jags. Um, it's gonna be a good weekend of football, like Wildcard Weekend. Skyler right. Thompson. Um, I know you. I know you. I know you're sick and tired of hearing that name. But uh, what do you think? Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? At least take it to the half at a reasonable score? My hope is that they be close for a half. I, I don't think it's going to be close. This is 38 to 10 written all over it. Okay. I, I think this is going to be ugly. I've come to terms with it. You know, I made this point on Wishbone Shotgun last night. Like, if Tua plays, it changes the whole it changes the whole complexion of the game. But listen, it, the uh, us against the world mentality, if that works, maybe they can pull off the upset, but I, I don't have any faith that they do. So wait and see. Uh on to the diamond because we have Carlos Correa news. Carlos Correa watches over the star shortstop agreed to a six year. million contract with, wait for it, the Minnesota Twins. So after two teams bowed out of Correa sweepstakes because they saw something in his medicals they didn't like, Correa still gets $200 million from the Twins on a six-year deal, Dan. You know, first of all, so he failed to physical with the job. And he fails the physical with the Mets. But then suddenly he passes with the Twins? No, 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 no. Look, here's the the lesson that the Mets learned very quickly. Don't, even though you want to 
get Korea and you want to get him at a price that's you know fairly high because he's he's demanding a high price. You have to make sure that you are confident and ready to give this guy a contract because if you get into a situation like the one you got into and the one that the Giants got into, like you're gonna get you're gonna be up in a big amount of problems here. You know, like it, it, this is this is business at the end of the day. Like you gotta be careful when you're just throwing out all that money out there. Like you know what you could have cost yourselves had you signed into that contract. It's why I give Steve Cohen a ton of credit yeah. for standing his ground. He said, you know what? I didn't like something I saw in the medicals. I tried to rework the deal. It didn't happen. Yeah. So I think that the notice of he's willing to go places is great for the Met fan. But I think the fact that he's not reckless with his money is the biggest beneficial beneficiary for the Mets. He said when he was introduced as the owner, I'll spend money to win, but I'm not going to spend like a drunken sailor. He saw something. He didn't like it. He tried to rework the deal. Correa, Correa and Scott Boris said no. Okay. All it does is it puts the Mets out there next year when some guy named Shohei Otani's a free agent. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. Um, or if Manny Machado opts out in San Diego, you can go that route. He played yeah. for Buck in Baltimore. Yeah. Now, of course, I'm I'm happy for Correa. He he still got a chunk a chunk of change. Like it's, a, it's not a bad deal for him. Um, and he goes back to Minnesota. He was great in Minnesota, and they love him out there. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's a good deal. Um, but it's a shame, you know, you, you know, you're a Met fan. You really, you, you were really counting on that production out of Korea that you're no longer going to get. Well, so now, now it's time to go get a different bat and another, another kind of bat. So yeah. and we'll see it, where the it, Mets. It also mm-hmm. opens up the door for the, for the likes of Brett Beatty. You know? Brett Beatty. Eduardo Escobar is going to keep playing also. Yeah. Um, and who knows? Maybe they keep Francisco Alvarez on the opening day rosters, the DH. I don't know what that what that plan looks like. So unless he's gonna catch with no James McCann. So there the Mets have some options here. Trey Mancini's still out there. Tommy Pham is still out there. Yeah, Up yeah. until today, Andrew McCutcheon was out there, but he signed today with the Pirates. Good, good for McCutcheon, by the way. Which just means he's—I would presume he's going to retire at the end of the year. Yeah. But forever a pirate, Andrew McCutcheon. So we'll see what happens. We're about a month away from pitchers and catchers. Yeah, man. By the way, I think the Mets completed that McCann trade. Did, did, did they- yeah, they got a twenty-year-old player today as a part of that deal from the Orioles. Thank goodness. So, um, see where that goes. We're a month away from pitchers and catchers. Let's go, baby. And the Yankees are going uh, to lose again because I don't trust Ryan Cashman and his deals. 
And look, I think it's great that they got Aaron Judge, but since Judge, who did they, who have they gone? N- nothing. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, but MLB.com picks like the next ten World Series, right? And in 2025, I believe it is, they have Giants versus Yankees. So some comedic mastermind put out, oh. Arson Judge will get the best of his brother Aaron Judge in that series. <laughs> Take that, John Heyman. So, oh my God. We love Yeah, so also I believe they're looking into uh Nashville for expansion. Dom Mattingly's now gonna be a part of that group. That was announced the other day, so that's something to look into if a team's going to be relocated because I don't know about expansion yet with Major League Baseball. Expansion's hard. Expansion's really hard. If the if Major League Baseball were to expand, they would have to expand to two cities. One, pre- preferably one for each league. And... It, I'm all for bringing the Expos back, though. So, I mean... Uh, so we're going to do this. Let's go the Expos and, and let's go somewhere in Nashville. Yeah, I, I would put obviously the Expos would be in the National League um, because that's where they belong. And then uh, you're probably looking at an American League. The thing is, like, w- would you put it in the Central? Probably in the Central or whatever division. I don't know how they're going to align the divisions if they were to put even even 16 out there. Yeah, so, so that's the news on the diamond. Uh, news in the ho- the association. The Spurs and Warriors are playing a game tonight in the Alamo Dome. The Spurs used to play in the Alamo Dome. Uh, they're back for the first time, I think, in about 20 years. Yeah, but it's breaking an NBA attendance like, record. Was like 2002? Was it 2002, last? 2003. Yeah. Uh, so they've broken the attendance record with 63,592 fans in the Alamo Dome tonight to witness the Spurs play the Warriors. That's what's up. So that's pretty cool. Uh, currently that game is in the end of the third quarter. quarter the Warriors are Blowing out the Spurs. <laughs> 11489. But at least 64,000 people are in the, are in attendance for that game. Oh, yeah. You, you get to witness greatness. Yeah. And I mean, the Alamo, I mean, the Alamo Dome, I am, it's amazing how it just stands still there. And mm. Yeah. So almost like the an NFL team should be there. Oh, wait, it almost happened. <laughs> I mean, listen, I love these iconic venues. Let's try to play more games in these places. The Alamo Dome, you know, let, let's let's go. Let's have some fun. Yeah, you know, look, you it, know, so. it, it, once a year thing, you know, it, it brings, obviously it brings money for the NBA, yeah. for the Spurs, from San Antonio, all that stuff. Like, it, it it's, it's just incredible. It's incredible for basketball. And you know, it, it, it it's just another way to, you know, really grow the game. 
that's you know obviously very very popular um but still you know and now they're saying almost 70,000 fans 
it, but if you you're right. If you could get Randall to play this way, and you get what you've gotten out of Brunson, this Nick team, I don't know if they'll win a round in the playoffs. They'll compete. Yeah. And that's the best thing I could say about them is they'll compete. The, the, they're, right now, they seem a little more polished than the 2020-21 team. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, because even that team, you know, they, they, gave, they got the four seed, but they were, they were a soft four. They were not very, very good. You know, they, they pissed me off at times. This team never pisses me off, even when they lose. Like, they lose, you know, res- in a respectful way. Like, you know, it's a, it, it's not something that you go crazy about. So, I, I'm liking the vibe going on at the Garden right now. It's something that Nick fans like me and you should be very excited about. Listen, the vibes for both, both teams at the Garden are positive, too. I mean... The Rangers are playing great hockey. But how, how, good, how good is Miller? Can we can we sing his praises here? Like K, K, K Andre Miller deserves Chris Drury. I know you're listening, so I'm talking directly mm-hmm. to you. You do not bridge K Andre Miller. You have to give him a long term deal. He's legit. He's that dude. Him and Adam Fox on the back end, those are those are building blocks for this team that's played so well recently. So let's get that done. That's my plea to you, Chris Drury. <laughs> uh, but Nick's playing well. Rangers playing well. It's good times at the Garden right now. Yeah, man. I'm excited. Let's get excited. We got wild card weekend. We're into the heart of the NBA and NHL seasons. We're a month away from pitchers and catchers. College basketball's in full swing as well. It's a good time to be a sports fan. Yeah, man. You know, the, the Super Bowl, we, we never get tired after the Super Bowl. We got a lot of shit going on. Excuse my language. We, we got stuff. We got, we got stuff, stuff going. going. We got stuff. Oh. Stuff going on. We got stuff going on here at the Sports Insanity Network. Yeah, Check crazy. that stuff out. Check out the website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com. Blogs, vlogs, meet the crew, planes, trains, and automobiles. Check out this podcast, all the other podcasts, Anchor, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. For Dan Ryans, I'm Mike Griffin. Thank you for listening to the bottom of the second inning of Game 12 of the Sports Insanity Podcast on the Sports Insanity Network. Enjoy the sports. Have a great weekend and namaste. Peace. What's going on, everyone? Lawrence Patchman Lang here, president of the Sports Insanity Network, just reminding you to go to our website, Network, where you can read everyone's blogs here on the network and also find about the history of the Sports and Sandy Network.